This is so good. Happy, happy 2020. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I've been looking forward to this. So, uh, you know, I wanted to just dive right on, right, right <laughs> in. We were, we were in the car and we were talking about peace and wholeness and you were just talking about, you know, this whole thing of going after, um, wholeness and this idea of Jesus, our wholeness. And when, when you were talking, I, I, I immediately just began thinking about like, um, like activity and mm. sometimes sometimes in the church and out of the church there is this place of just hyperactivity and this idea that the busier we are the more we're getting done and then before we know it we're like bent, burning the candle at both ends and all of a sudden we come to this place where it's like ah what's going on everything feels crazy and you know and so i wanted to, i wanted to dive into this idea of like busyness mm. And, and perhaps this illusion of like the busier we are, maybe the more important we are, or like the more our identity kind of gets uh, inflated by this place of being busy and and the conversation of wholeness in this place of like life and rest and all this stuff that you're diving into. So I know there's a lot there, but what do you what do you see right now regarding this thing in our culture where it's like there's like a tie between our importance and our level of busyness like do you do you see that does that kind of resonate with you at all or yeah i think and i think we're living in an orphan world and the whole world has become a worldwide orphanage mm. and when the orphans run the show lucifer himself was the first orphan so when he left heaven with one third of the fallen angels that are the demons today they don't have a home so they are restless in nature so all the demonic realm is if you can do then you will have, then you can become. That is the root of the orphan spirit mm. that you do. And you based upon what you do, then you will have. And then eventually you're gonna find your identity, you're gonna become. While in the kingdom it is totally different because there is because of who I am as a beloved son, because of who I am, I already have. And because of what I have, I do. So it's not what you do that makes you who you are. It is who you are that makes you do what you do. Amen. And this is kind of a, a big paradox. So if I were a devil, what I will do is making sure people are restless. And then it's either rebellion or religion that we're going to try to fill that with. Because there's pain and that pain seeks pleasure. So you're going to fill some of that void that is there. So there is a place where there is not wholeness. And that's what we started to talk about. That My theme in my life is that this year is because Jesus is the prince of shalom he's the prince of peace so if jesus is the prince of that. peace he's the that. prince of wholeness because shalom means safe secure whole it means complete in every area of your life so i started in the end of last year just say what would it look like for leif hetland starting with me to be whole in every area of my life just like jesus 
operating from that very place physically speaking what does wholeness look like to go to bed and resting there and going to bed sleeping and there's wholeness waking up in the morning shalom wholeness financially speaking wholeness my marriage wholeness my children wholeness going into the office wholeness and then starting to bring that healing and the wholeness to the world that is around us and living from that very place and that's been my message for over 20 years but i just realized that in the middle of it what happens in the busyness is like you have an axe but that axe starts to get dull because you use it a lot mm. so why don't we spend more time sharpening the axe and you sweat less and you accomplish much more so with a sharp axe and that's what i want to do in this season is sharpen my axe and sharpen the giftings what god is giving me and when that axe is sharp if the assignment is to chop down that tree and it takes 10 hours to do it with a dull axe it maybe takes 10 hours but with a sharp axe it takes two hours and there's eight hours left over and i did everything that he called me to do but with less less is the new more low is the new high small is the new big in the kingdom of god so it's just there's a shift in the way that God is doing things and he's inviting us to be part of it and it looks just like Jesus because Jesus is the prince of wholeness and he lived that way and he loved that way and I believe that that's that's something at least for me and my wife we have just already this year we felt we were supposed to step in that on a whole new level than what we've had before wow yeah that is so good that is so good um i'm thinking you know okay so actually last time you were you were here um at seattle revival center was i think in 2016. is that is that right or like have you been back here i I can't i don't think i've been here i think we found out that i think i was here with heidi baker and lance wallen and a bunch of people like 2001 or 2000 and then in 2016 people are going to believe this okay all right so this was a conference (laughs) here at seattle bible center right yeah with uh you okay so you were here and um lance wall now was here and heidi baker was here and randy Randy clark Clark was here and then on the on the floor chad deadman was here like he was just a kid he just got wrecked here on the like and um there are so many people that uh, that, that that say I, I was at that con- like yeah. so many people were impacted yeah. by that con- but that I, I just I can't even believe that that was a real event and that that happened here yeah, yeah I was just I, I was about like 10 I, I no. was, yeah. <laughs> now I was just thinking about my first when was the first time I ministered in Seattle because I've been in a lot of places yeah. here and as you know I've been at sunrise quite a few times and then I suddenly realized no it was here this was the first place I ever came wow. in Seattle. Then later on, Randy Clark and I did the first healing school ever that was in Seattle. And that came a year and a half afterwards. That's when we started to dream about doing these healing schools. And of course, now all over the world, we're seeing these healing schools that has been done. But the first one was also in Seattle. And there was a lot of things that God started here. But then from there, some things started to be birthed. Yeah. So, okay. Now, when you, <laughs> when you came in 2016, it was you and Bobby Connor. Patricia King and Charles Champ, and that was that was a three day uh, conference that, that ended up going five weeks <laughs> yeah. uh, without a break, and then we ended up going every weekend after that for almost two years. Wow! And um, and in that time in 2016, my, my own my own dad passed away mm-hmm. in July of 2016. So we actually took a break with meetings um, during that time, um, and uh, and and then when we came back and we started running again. The Holy Spirit was still here. Like there was still just such a grace, and and so He honored He honored our our our, our rest during yeah. the, the month of the month of August, and uh, and so we we quickly learned that there was just this place where, like I think there was I I had a, I had a lot of fear 
that if that if we if we skipped a Monday night or if we skipped a Tuesday night or okay. if we took a week we're off, gonna miss out on something. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that we were gonna offend the Holy Spirit yeah. and we were gonna miss something. And yet, one of the things that we learned is that, that that the Lord honored our rest. But one of the things that I actually had difficulty with is that even though I was taking time off from meetings, um, I remember because we were doing so much ministry that when I wasn't doing ministry, it almost felt like it felt strange. I, I don't really know how to, I don't really know how to describe it. It almost felt like like am I even saved? Yeah. Like there was so much of myself that was wrapped up. And I imagine. It's the anointing, but it's yeah. also adrenaline. It got all that cortisol that's hitting your system. Uh, you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you're just like ah, ready. Like you know, your adrenal glands are just like ah, trying to keep up. You know. And my my question for you is like, is this place of like how do we how do we run? How do we run in the anointing and this place of trying to keep up with Holy Spirit, but also have like a Sabbath ethic? You know, like how do we stay plugged in without being, without like without wearing ourselves thin like is there is there a place where you can really stay plugged in you know um and i think that as you know some of my background from the time when dr randy clark prayed for me as a baptist pastor and we mm -hmm. had an outpouring after toronto right but that was in 95 in in norway right an outpouring so i was in the middle of pastoring as a young baptist pastor pastoring a fresh outpouring that touched our city touched a lot of the broken people and one guy from hell's angels got saved it created an incredible momentum and then suddenly now with small kids the busyness came in and it was a whole different life later on i've been in the middle of several different major outpourings and several times god used me to birth those outpourings and one of them was right after lakeland the first place it broke loose afterwards was at Heartland Assembly of God. Wow. And I stood there, it was from morning, went to night, the night every morning, and it started to spread. And then on God TV, uh, the, the rumors was, because now everybody's talking, it's happening there in Anki, Iowa. And people came from all over. So I, I've been in the middle of this from Brazil to South Africa, the Philippines, all over the world, where there is outpourings taking place. But part of my, my thing is not just to get the fire, but building healthy fireplaces wow. where the fire can be sustained. So there's several different things that we are seeing now. Like in the Philippines, we've had a revival that has been going for 14 years. And that fire has just continued to spread. And it's, uh, it's just, but it's a healthy fireplace. And from there, they're building other healthy fireplaces. And there's these incredible symbiotic relationships and I've had the honor of fathering that movement and I was just there and it is so beautiful we had two days two days I brought a team from the States 16 people on my team every single person 511 people we pray for got healed everyone that's incredible two days 100% healing every blind eye is open every tumor disappeared every deaf ear open and it was my first thing with cerebral policy I had several breakthroughs that I've never seen before but it was primary my team this is what I'm trying to say it was more a immune system of the body as Christ of the families becoming so, so healthy that we start to operate it's more away from me as an individual that it was in the earlier stages to now I'm empowering sons and daughters and it's become a healthy family. They have become fathers and mothers and the next generation. It was just amazing to watch. And one of the young guys in, in Mindanao, five, 6,000 people, he's leading their young people in a move of God's spirit. They brought a tipping point when terrorism and ISIS came in and the Philippine president declared war there in Mindanao. But they brought in this move of young people, first a core group, and then it exploded a whole movement that started to 
spread. But he has this generational blessing because he has fathers and mothers in his life. So this is where I feel that this is a generational move of God's spirit. Second of all, if we're going to host this, I think it is just also coming in and we're bringing the family together. It's not, it's like when one when your stock goes up my goes up mm. and it started to bring other people so the kind of a Moses to hold up the rod of God when your arm starts to wow. get tired wow. so I think that's some of the key I've seen is just that the family God is restoring his family and that's it's going to be a family around his presence that is hosting it and then the family of families and regions cities nations are coming together we didn't have that in my first outpourings and that's the difference now now I will have people from all over the world that comes in and you can have from or Bethel stream to with Randy and to Heidi and all of us as family of families comes together to support when God is doing something and that's the difference and the second of all is also the uh, productivity there's more productivity to live from rest than towards rest mm, amen so I feel that's also that needs to be a revelation because if we don't believe there if we believe it is laziness it maybe looks like it but <laughs> if you are sharp you're you're moving faster and that happens that uh, me spending this time loving Jesus, loving myself, and loving some of the things that I love to do. That's pretty much what Sabbath is. <laughs> loving my family and, and the Amen. people, the friends. But it is a day of love. F living from that place, you have much more productivity the six other days. Wow. Yeah, so the first thing that you kind of hit on is, is this idea of um, our ministry context actually looks more like a family and there's a sense of team and people running together instead of all this ministry gravity resting on one individual. Yeah. And then the second thing that you said was um, this idea of it looks like perhaps laziness from an outsider's perspective, but there, as we delight ourselves in the Lord, there is like a supernatural proficiency and efficiency that we can find as we learn to practice Sabbath, which is just delighting yourself in the Lord and delighting ourselves in our families. Would you say that's kind of a good? It is, and, and, and one other thing I've been studying for a while was First Kings 18 is one of my favorite transformational model. And I think we all would like to see fire from heaven and Amen. totally change Amen. like Elijah saw the one Mount Carmel and confronting all the kingdom of darkness and see light winning against darkness, love winning against fear and this whole thing. But to see the same person that is so anointed and gifted and powerful, this incredible prophet that is being used where even the, the very spirit of Elijah is what's going to be turning the father's heart towards the children and children's hearts towards the father that's what's going to stop the curse that is in the land the last word of the old testament but mm -hmm. the next chapter first kings 19 the same guy is suicidal and one woman gets him to run for his life so how does this powerful call it superhero yeah this this prophet how does he and there's four simple things that i have seen studying not just him but studying through history moves of god's spirit number one is fatigue mm fatigue if you do not watch especially the emotional tank wow. where that's going fatigue then the enemy comes in with fear so he's just waiting to you're down to e on the battery and when you get it down to e he pushes that button of fear mm -hmm. and then from there oh fail you were so anointed in a meeting look where you are now wow. failure wow. and then he isolates us forsaken mm -hmm. i watched this over and over fatigue fear failure forsaken and now you are the only one here and he That's isolates right. you wow and i've seen it I, i've been there in the front of sixty thousand people where the fire from heaven comes in the muslim world 
we've filled up stadiums around in Africa, I've been in the middle of so many of these things. But what I'm learning more with wisdom today is I realized so many times one of the reasons we couldn't sustain it was the very thing that we didn't love ourselves the way that he loves us. Wow. Wow. That is a key in regard to burning brightly without burning out. Wow. Yeah, that was, that's amazing. Yeah, you, you just said so much there. Um, yeah, that, that, that's that's fascinating. And, um, and, and, and in regards, I, I'm also just curious about like, when you were talking about the Philippines and this revival that's been going on for, you said 14 or 15 14 years. 14 years, yeah. Yeah. And also, like, you have, like, you are so just, you are just so, um, woven into this incredible uh kingdom uh revival fabric and so you're you're doing you are a general and you're doing life with generals but but i imagine uh you you get you get to interact with um these environments that have been sustaining and and what i'm wondering is some of those some of these some of these environments where you're going and you're pouring yourself into them and but like some of these places where they really catch your attention because they they are walking in these these values that are just so countercultural maybe even counter church can can you chat can you chat with us just a little bit about some of these places and some of these moves of god that you've seen and 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 some some real key values that were so distinctive that it really just caught your attention and you thought i wish that every church or i wish that every ministry could had these kinds of disciplines or rhythms because they they just so moved you. Yeah, I think that uh, because first I wrote my last book that I've wrote is more a foundation of it in regard to who are you, the mm. identity, identity, identity. Yeah, it all yeah. goes back to identity. Yeah. And everything flows from that identity, who you are and yeah. whose you are. The identity of being beloved sons and daughters, they become friends with God when you go into maturity and they become fathers and mothers. Second of all, intimacy, intimacy. Mm. Where are you? It's an intimacy issue when you know who you are, but also the intimacy. The second of it then inheritance, that we're living from inheritance instead of towards it. We're living from victory, not towards it. It is learning how to live from instead of towards something. So we do not try to achieve what you only can receive as sons and daughters. Wow. And then destiny destiny you're calling your uniqueness your special sauce be yourself be an original that was kind of the basics of who are you where are you what do you have and what are you called to do but we are not following this up what i call blueprint for kingdom life okay and we're just putting it together and it's a little bit similar but it will be a 2.0 version because the first one is more how to seed what we planted those were the foundation but now when we see the tree of this full of fruit that is now touching 22 nations just from that one tree is touching 22 nations then you're going to see first of all it was the identity but from there into the family it's just this incredible symbiotic things called family when we're coming together and 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 it's a healthy family, both in the natural, but also in the spiritual. The churches are family, the businesses are family. It mm. is a family. So if you, wow. if, you, if you have one small group of seven sons, each one have a mountain. So, 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 so you talk about the church, and I, I'm not trying to be technical here, but if you talk about the seven mountains that some people may be aware of, the seven spheres of influence. But when you're looking at the kingdom is a family. 
and then yeah. sons and daughters in the seven spheres that is influencing. So we're seeing the family, the doing family, what does a healthy kingdom family look like? From there, the destiny. Every single person have a place at the family table and their uniqueness and their special sauce and how to be able to develop that, how to learn how to master both their harp and their sling. So we're helping them to fulfilling the dream of every one of the sons and daughters of glory. So from identity, then this family, this environment, the culture to sustain it. Now each individual is finding their sweet spot. Mm. The convergent lifestyle of bringing them into mature sons and daughters, because that's what creation is moaning and growing Amen. for. And then the fourth one is glory, glory. And that's what we're seeing then. Glory is being released and it is sons and daughters of glory. And that's why what Jesus says, Father, Father, and this is my life verse. I have glorified you here on earth and I finish everything that you call me to do. So if you're looking at a Billy Graham, he finished well. I ran a bunker, he finished well. They live the lifestyle of glory, but finish everything they were called to do, not what they were not called to do. So we are saying all of our sons and daughters from an identity, knowing who they are and whose they are, belonging to a family, something bigger than themselves, but they have found their place at that table, knowing their special value, their place at the table, their uniqueness, their special thoughts, the giftings that God has given them and developing those things and moving that into spirit of excellence, because this is who I am. This is what I carry. This is how I can add value to everybody else in the family and to the world around me, because this is what he has given me. If that's one talent or two or five, we're just helping people to be faithful what God has given them and stepping into that from a family perspective and then glory. Every single one of them is living a lifestyle of glory and carrying the glory and even to learn how to stand in the glory. That's part of why we need wholeness and why we need royal heart therapy, because when the weightiness of the glory comes in, this has happened with me several times now and I, I almost start crying. But that's part of the reason this year that I just have to get rid of a lot of things in my life. But I just had several encounters of glories coming in and the father says I and I'm like, you can't put any more in. I can't handle it wow. because it's I will be crushed. Wow. Because when there's cracks in the foundation and there's places in the heart journey where love has not gone, when that waiting is so I realize the father wow. wants to coming in with his glory, but he needs sons and daughters that can stand in the glory. Not everybody be knocked out, mm. but it can stand in the glory and minister in the glory. But he says, I cannot do that unless that there's wholeness and not holes, but wholeness. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I think that God is doing is is He's healing his sons and daughters. That's been part of my message, the baptism of love, healing the orphan heart, helping people to become whole so that we're operating from a place of wholeness. And uh, so I'm just knowing he's taken me deeper into that journey in this season because I realized the Father wants his glory to come. But as long as I cannot handle it, Wow. And I've seen it. I can. I mean, I will be crushed. Wow. I cannot handle it. I, I do want to be able to stand in the glory and to be able to, to be able to release his glory and to minister his glory. And I, I've seen it four times just in the last six months, including standing in front of two presidents, one prime minister, governor, uh, about 30 ambassadors of top nations around both Middle East, all over the world, being in all kinds of settings, being in one of the biggest mosques in the world and feeling it is coming. And it's just in all these different settings. So sons and daughters that are full of love, power and wisdom. But those three has to come together in one. Jesus is full of love. Jesus is full of power and Jesus is full of wisdom. Wow. And the convergence of those and the sons and daughters will release glory in everything that we do. That's awesome. 
Yeah, that is so good. Would you be willing to, I'd love to dive in like a, just a little deeper, kind of un- unfold this thing of destiny. Yeah. This word destiny. You know, um, one of the things I find um, at Seattle Bible Center with, um, it doesn't matter what, what age you are from our young adults that are, you know, they've, they've graduated high school. Uh, some of them are going in, in, into college. Some of them have graduated college. And it, it, there's always this question of what am I going to do when I grow up? You yeah. know? And then, you, and then we have people in our church that are in their thirties and forties and fifties and sixties. And it's, it's, it's kind of interesting that, that if you ask, um, a question I get all the time is, is how do I know what, what my calling is? Mm-hmm. How do I know what God has called me to do? There's this idea that when I was a kid, I would read the stories of the kids that went through the wardrobe into Narnia or Alice that went down the rabbit hole in, in Alice in Wonderland. Like you read, you know, all, all, like we, we were raised uh, through, uh, through adventure. We're, we're told that our lives are going to be adventure. And then all of a sudden one day it's like we realized that today was a lot like yesterday, which was a lot like the day before. All of a sudden we, we realized, wow, I'm a little bit older now. Wow. And, and sometimes the question is, where where is that adventure? As a kid, I was told that life was going to be an adventure and all this adventure. We even read the Bible and it's full of adventure. And and sometimes I have conversations with people and and it's like, like I know I know that I'm loved, you know. I know that I'm valuable, but what is God calling me to do because there's like this sense of adventure that I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm in the same adventure, you know. And and so and I feel like that ties into this thing of destiny. That uh, this place of that uh, uh, this place where God has created us to partner with him and and so would you be willing to speak uh uh, uh into this and even people that are listening where it's like they love Jesus and they know they're loved by Jesus, but they also know that there's just this there's this place of partnering and this place of running with him, but they just have no idea what that looks like and no idea where you, where to even start. Yeah, I think I, let me bring in a couple of things from my own personal life and my own journey. Uh, many of you may maybe know, or many people watching will know that uh, I, I ended up first as a prodigal son, mm. but I went from being a prodigal son to be a prodigal brother. Mm. So I spent years of first with rebellion and drugs and all of that, mm. eventually up in religion and started to learn how to live for God instead of from God. Eventually ended up as a son with a baptism of love in the year 2000 changed me totally changed me because now i started to dream with papa god and all i do is what i see my father do i say what i hear my father say but it started also there's a scripture verse that says because the sons then becomes friends so you're going into what i call co-labor with god mm. so suddenly now you're moving from i'm just doing what my father says to suddenly the father says son what would you like to do and suddenly now there's a lot of places that i go in the world is not specific because i have a mandate but it is that i start to dream with god and I'm so he asked you yeah he's asking me what do you want to do i do the same with my sons like that's so, legal yeah so when I, because you del- yeah it, it, there is a safety god who says you delight yourself in him then he gives you the desires of your heart wow so it's called wow. the height of the light that's so, good that's so, good so it's so the important thing the alignment is for the assignment but for me it's that sometimes we're asking god to do what he's called us to do wow and we wow. can call it prayer and he calls it disobedience wow so sometimes i think that we are so focusing what am i called to do or what am i supposed to do and uh, uh, I didn't have to pray about a lot of things. Like we just helped the Philippines now with this big volcano that is going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But while I'm sitting with you right now, we have different things going on in 36 countries because God wow. called me to do it. That doesn't mean I have to be there, but I can send sons and daughters to those nations. So we have crusades going on right now. We have things going on all over the world. We're planting churches today while I'm sitting with you here. So the whole multiplication awesome. of that in the earlier days, I mean, I went all over the world and I'm still going all over the world, <laughs> but it was more what I was going to do. Now I've moved in from being a son to becoming a father as part of my journey or my destiny. So there's a couple of things. One of them I've seen is learning how to be faithful in the middle of your needs. Uh, there's another thing I've learned is learning, learning, to learning to be faithful in the middle of your own needs. Yeah, it needs. But there's also learning how to be faithful just in the natural mm. before I'm entrusted with a supernatural. So sometimes there's people that we do not even realize and that has been faithful in the church. And they have maybe standing there and handing out a bulletin or being cleaning and everything. Else. But there's promotion coming like David took care of his wow. father's sheep. That was God was setting him up there because his heart for lambs was developed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He learned also to be a worshiper. And if he hadn't learned how to practice the harp, God wouldn't bring him before a king. And he wouldn't brought a nightmare to the king. So I've seen it in, wow. I was just in the Middle East in December for one of the assignment in my life. I believe there are many other people that could have done it, but it was just a simple, what, what am I broken over? What do I weep over? And I started to develop some of the things dreaming with God has just come from me to learning to know how God speaks. So I see situation, I see certain crisis. It's not always that I'm supposed to solve it. And that's where wisdom comes in as a very good friend. But if I hadn't practiced my harp, I wouldn't have been placed before that king. If mm. I didn't have the wisdom to do something about some of the situation. So sometimes what God brings me in is to do something that doesn't make sense in the natural. Like I have a friend of mine that is learning this Bedouin poetry for several years mm. by this old Bedouin. But didn't know that one of the royal family in Saudi Arabia needed somebody to train and suddenly wow. that opened up the palace. So this is what happened with a David. This has happened with the interpretation of dreams of Joseph. So I'm encouraging everyone that is listening to be practical. Learn this really to good. going into the secret place. That's where you get secret. Yeah. So learning to be faithful in the natural with a harp, with a sling, with a sheep. If I'm going to work, I did it at UPS when I loaded trucks. I did it as a Baptist pastor. But all of that sets up for That's some right. of the things That's that right. God wants to do. So don't overestimate those seasons in life. But then it also comes into the next season. Be ready when the season also shifts. And sometimes then there can be an encounter. There can be impartation. Or it can be as you're going into the secret place now because the sonship moves into a friendship with God. Wow. And now God starts coming in and he said, there's all these things that I would like to see in our city or in the marketplace, or there's a movie that needs to be made, or there is books that needs to be written. God starts to invite and he's looking for somebody that is willing to co-labor with him. And that is to step into that role. And this is so much of what I do with my life that makes this life of adventure. Yeah. That's when I, the reason I see a lot of miracles is because I place myself in impossible situation all the time. <laughs> right. well, it has to be a miracle. If God doesn't show up, I'm gone. Wow, right, right. Yeah. And I have, I have story after story just last year of things that it's so crazy, some of the things we did. but. I'd rather step out of the boat and walk on water than sitting in a boat and wondering what's happening. So I think that a lot of the people that are struggling 
with some of those things. I think you can just go down to some of those basic things. That's really Looking good. at your history and starting to see is uh, see how God also has wired you, what he is giving you to do. And, and now in the next moment, stepping in again back to sonship, dreaming with God from that identity. Father, this is a father and son doing it, but moving into the friendship level. So my kids are not kids any longer. They're friends. Yeah. So that's the level when you be really faithful good. and the natural, you're moving into the supernatural, mm. into the friendship. And God goes in and he's looking for somebody to co-labor with. And that's the fun part. That's when you start to dream with him. Mm. But one practical thing that I want to encourage everyone, soon as you do that, you have to live with disappointments, discouragements, distractions and delays wow if you cannot live with those four you're going to have you say that again? disappointments discouragements mm. distractions and delays wow. so as soon as you becoming so it's not if if i sit with the average person out there it's not that they didn't dream of something because i tested this there and i was just in colorado a few years back and i was talking about dreaming with god and destiny mm -hmm. that's what i was talking about and the adults was just kind of a sitting there and it was almost like People are, you know, capturing it. This is exciting. I mean, we have a world. God is dreaming about this world that can be changed. I was like trying to get them even to answer back. But you could see this thing of they've started to survive. They stopped dreaming. Most of them have had a funeral of their dreams mm -hmm. because what has happened is they had hope. That had hope, but it didn't happen. And they hit right. this thing over and over again. And then after a while, if I don't expect too much, I don't have to live with disappointment. So I lower my expectancy and eventually I end up with just a routine. I don't see much and something on the inside. It is this heart defer has made a heart sick. That's but right. now when you start to desire again and dream again, it's the tree of life. So I brought in all the kids from kids church in and I went to the kids and said, hey, what would you like to do when you grow up? Oh, I'm going to be a fireman or I'm going to be a professional baseball player. I'm going to be. So I took the kids of the children and wow. the grandchildren wow. of the audience that was there, brought and digged out of those kids. And then I started afterwards when we send the children out, what stopped you? in this journey what stopped you from still being childlike and i'm still childlike that is dreaming where where did that stop where's the lid because i'm a lid lifter it's part on, of what i do in life on. i'm taking all those eagles that are in cages and i'm lifting the lid over their life because they've hit that lid and over a period of time they said this is not going to happen that's right and then i lower down my expectancy because I don't want to live with the pain of disappointments. So I'm encouraging for people now to coming in and start to dream with God. Dream so big, dream that the Holy Spirit needs to be part of your life. This is part of the reason I'm going through this little diet, health, fasting, all these things. It's not from a performance. It's a passion thing that drives me. It's a passion thing. I know I want to stand in that glory because I saw wow. when I came into that room that I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor instead of being able to minister in the glory wow. and to be able to steward the glory for everyone else in the room. I've seen the miracles happening around in the Muslim world. Now I'm dreaming and I need to raise up the next generation that are full of love, power and wisdom. That's part of the reason I'm partnering with a lot of ministries around the world to do that very right now. One million young dynamic dreamers. We're raising them up Come right on. now in this season. One million for the one billion soul harvest. But all of that came from pain that I saw out there that brings me into the secret place. Then you get secrets, you come out from that very place. And then how do I take that seed, which is an idea, a seed of a dream or seed that is connected to your destiny and develop that to get rooted. So that becomes a beautiful tree because when it becomes a tree, you can multiply. So let me encourage people simplify 
simplify simplify your idea clarify clarify write it i get clarity the more clear it is the more the focus will be and the more fuel will be burning in that direction it's called passion so simplify clarify then purify prune the things that is not necessary in this season throw overboard the things that is not going to matter from now bring those things because then you will start to multiply what god has placed within you and then you're going to start to step towards your destiny so good so good your message on um dreaming with god just completely messed me up i uh, i i just love that message and that revelation that you have and even just that that there's a there's a grace on it even just you talking about it right now there's just a one it just creates an incredible atmosphere or it, it inspires me even just to begin dreaming and and so thank you for carrying that message and for carrying that that childlike uh confidence and faith and it's 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 i love it i love it so good now i was going to ask you um uh this thing of fathering um you walk you walk with in in such a such a grace of, to demonstrate and to reveal the, the the character and nature of god as father and a kind father and um i had an, an interesting encounter this last year that, that i don't think i really talked about publicly um and in the in the encounter i saw i saw my dad driving uh, our, it, was a, it was something that actually happened in, in our past, but we were, our whole family was together, and inside the car, it was kind of crazy. So there was some family stuff that was going on, and my dad was driving. He wasn't, he wasn't saying anything or doing anything, but he was driving. He was doing what he was supposed to be doing, which is dri driving the car. And I was a little kid, and I was being kind of a little snot, and, and I was giving my sister a hard time. And my mom was correcting me, and there was just a drama, and my dad was just driving. And, um, and then all of a sudden... He shifted, and I saw I was now driving the car, yeah. and uh, and my family was 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 in the car, and it was like I I saw myself in his rule, like I saw myself in that, and and I've always seen myself as a son. Hmm. So even being a pastor, I've been pastoring now. We just celebrated ten years, wow. but I've been I've been pastoring as a son. And um, and one of the one of the, one of the things I realized from this encounter was, for for whatever reason, I think that maybe I'd made even a, a judgment against my own dad, because of whatever issues and whatever things, and without realizing it, maybe even making a judgment against fathers, mm. so much so that I've I've never had difficulty being a son, and I haven't had dif difficulty fathering my own children, that I, that I know of. But this question of what does it mean to be a spiritual father, I think that subconsciously I've been afraid of, yeah. of that, of that, of that thought, or not even, you know. Yeah, and, and it is a. I, I think I was just sharing a little bit about a group of leaders. Uh, I was just up with both Georgian School and Randy School last week or a week and a half ago, and and that was one of the things would one of the question and answering time that came at Global Awakening School, and I was just sharing with them that because like I have all these people that came to me that put expectations of what I need to be as a father oh. and that's going to lead to disappointment because I am not going to live up to this like Papa God would that's so right. first, first number one is make sure that Papa God is your father and that you do not live as an orphan and that you are as a son with Papa God but then second of all now as son as you're growing into maturity mm. you're moving in from sonship to friendship and then you're going into the fatherhood and you're being a father mm. so then for me the focus for me still is that I had a similar experience with a car and I think it's a very good illustration <laughs> where I had a picture where Papa said hi son would you like to go on a ride with me and I said yes Papa 
and I sit in there. It's like a seat similar like this, 55 Chevy, green seat. I can, it reminds me about Cuba. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and my father's driving and he's looking at me, I'm looking at him. I'm not worried about the gas prices. I'm not worried about anything. My father is. So there's that relationship. Then later on he says, Leif, I want you to come up and sit up here with me. And we're going to drive together. But now I'm more like a teenager. And I knew what it meant. I'm more a friend. It was the co-laboring thing. But it was a different setting. And then mm. he said, now I want you to drive. You to be a father. And the Holy Spirit is here. But when you feel the overwhelm because the responsibility for right. that can be church. Or we have now 865 churches that I'm fathering. Just part of our little movement. And, and things is just exploding everywhere. So in the middle, when I feel a little overwhelmed with that, I go back to being a son. And I'm talking about just a few seconds. Then to a friend and back That's to fathering so again. Wow. So I find my rest. The dove always rests when I lean back as a son. Mm. But I cannot just stay there. I'm moving into the friendship. But now my season is fathering. And to raise and find the goal in other people. But my focus, what I'm helping people to do, instead of what I need to do as a father towards them, is helping them to be sons and daughters towards me. And so that's what, what we have raised up. I'm doing the same towards Papa Jack. If not, I would put an expectation on my spiritual father who is 86. I would put expectation what he has to do for me. And if he doesn't do it, it leads to disappointment. And that's hard for a whole church. But I can get me to be a son to Papa Jack. And out of that, he fathers me. And I, fa I get father. And then I start to father. And they father. And, and you're raising up healthy fathers and mothers. And that's the only reason I believe we don't have seen the one billion soul harvest. is because God doesn't want a billion orphans he wants a billion sons wow. and daughters wow. and he wants fathers and mothers so i encourage you you are a father both in the natural but also being clear even in the language the father language just representing the father god and the biggest thing that i think that you do very well that fathers do is wants what's best for the children mm. second of all is empowering them there's no jealousy then i want what is my ceiling to be their floor mm. i want the greatness that is in each one of them for them to be themselves be original you get to get to be you but just stepping into that very thing so helping them to find their identity so they, their security that is coming in from that helping them to learn how to develop intimacy with me the relational element, but also with God, connecting them to that, helping them to step into their uniqueness and starting to take each person to flow into that. That's a father, both in a church or in a business, when you start to father that. You're lifting up each one of them. That's what I got to practice mm -hmm. 14 years ago with 400 orphans that nobody wanted. And I got to practice to take 400 orphans that nobody wanted to bring them into sonship and then helping those sons and daughters moving into maturity finding their value identity value and dreams that was the three things that i did as a father i gave them their identity i helped each one to find out how valuable awesome. each one of them are yeah and then i released the dream that had the destiny thing the dream that was over their life and helped them through the dream journal so that they could go from that seed to become a tree so they now can multiply and create a force where they're at if that's in the business or where god had called them to be but from a place of family that's so awesome yeah. that's so and i know that everybody listening is either thankful that they have that in their life right now or they are praying lord i so want that kind of healthy spiritual community and and dynamic to be in a in a place where we're being celebrated uh uh and you know i mean i and i know that that's what the lord is doing right now 
uh, in the kingdom. I know that there is a place of, of uh, I believe, such wonderful health that, that's returning back to the body. And, uh, and, and there's so much conversation right now about the importance of the love of God and the grace of God and the yeah. peace of God. And yeah, Even just uh, 10 years ago when I talked about it, or 20 years ago when I started to talk about it, it was tolerated. Mm. They invited me because they wanted a science, wonders, and miracles. <laughs> they got the other message too because that is who I am. Do you get gold but dust in your meetings? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I will invite you. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but, it was, but it's interesting to see the shift now. Wow. Whole movements of some of the largest churches in the world, movements in the world, they're inviting wow. me in now because they want they want health. They want. Can you take us deeper? We've gone wide, but but we didn't have deep enough roots to be able to sustain. So yeah. they're coming in and asking, how do we do healthy kingdom family? How do we develop leadership that are healthy in regard to hosting heaven? And so, I mean, I was in Brazil in 10 city with 16,000 leaders leading movements there that have had the fire of God. They've been in revival, but they, again, it's a lot of orphans that can many times learning how to perform, learning how to do it. You can live by principle without knowing how to live by presence. That's right. Even in regard to getting the glory down. That's right. That's right. So, so you can live by the anointing on Sunday, but still being annoying on Monday. That's right. Absolutely. So, so it's uh, <laughs> be prophetic on Monday. So, so empathetic on Monday. And That's Sunday. right. So it's uh, yeah. So I'm just saying that now I'm seeing there is a shift in the sense of core value, and the core value is not shifted in regard to the importance. It's not the glory, the destiny, but that the most important thing is that that we are first of all finding who you are yeah that it doesn't come from that orphan heart that you are well loved that you're learning how to love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and all your mind and you love your neighbors you love yourself because you're learning how to love yourself how does that look like and moving into our home in, into our marriages i started there in wood world so after my importation i had seen a half a million people saved, 300,000 healings wow. that I did with an orphan heart. Wow. And I've been on this long journey heading towards myself to coming in to learn to love me the way that he loves me and let them move into it. I've been married for over 30 years. That's but awesome. That's, that's what I wish was the starting point for everyone. And then from there flow until eventually it's a tsunami wave touching the nation. It's like that river in Ezekiel. Let it touch our feet first. Then eventually until all of us are covered by the river and then the river will go and the further the river goes that's the, awesome. the healing and will bring healing leaves to the nations amen amen look, 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 uh, let me ask you really quick i it feels like there's a little bit of tension right now and i and i see it mostly on like social media and it's regarding this idea that the church has become so loving and this place of of uh there's all these different terms for grace now mm. you know and um and to the degree that where it's almost like you say grace and it's almost like a bad it's almost like a swear word in some circles now and and what it feels like is you know how sometimes the pendulum swings a little bit it's yeah. like you know in, in the 80s there was almost a very strong reaction to what happened in the 60s and the 70s so this very strong kind of push for let's separate and be sanctified and be holy <laughs> uh, but to the degree where you know for us kids that were raised in the 80s we weren't allowed to go to movies we weren't allowed to go to bowling alley 
alleys. We weren't, you know, you know, you know, and there, there's a, some very strong kind of legalism, yeah. you know, because you have to do something to have something to become something. Yeah, that yeah. That was and, the religious spirit. But what I'm wondering is, I, I, it almost, it almost kind of feels like that there is this, <laughs> this pushing of the pendulum to want to push the pendulum back. It's almost like we we went from this place of of rigid legalism because it felt safe and then it swung and then we went into this wonderful place of the father's love and 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 this grace message and this identity message but it's almost like there's there's people that are looking at that and saying well what's the fruit of that look at the cult and and it's almost like there's kind of a a negative lenses for seeing what's happening in in the culture and it's almost like there's like a, a a wanting to push that pendulum back and this is through my, this is my own word choice right i don't i don't know other people that would describe it this way but wanting to push that pendulum back into this place of what they what might be called righteousness and, yeah. and holiness but to me my fear is that it feels like legalism and a yeah. return back to a performance performance based righteousness and so you just being in a place of of such you know health maybe you can help out a millennial that's struggling a little bit with this place of you know with like the 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 grace and the love and the kindness of god and yet the the holiness and and the righteousness and 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 that place that it feels like there's tension out there there shouldn't be but <laughs> but i'm just wondering kind of your perspective and if you see if you if you see this you yeah, know i definitely have seen and i even have some sons that has moved so far into universalism or moving so far into where uh, pretty much nothing matters any longer. Wow. We're even having some people that have moved so far in, okay, Leif, you love Muslim, you love, so we love everyone, but then in the next moment, uh, what truth, excuse me, what truth demands, grace always provides. Mm. That's good. So we have to, oh, Jesus was full of grace and truth. And I mentioned that a lot of where I come from, I said love has to be in the center. But then you have to live with a tension of power and wisdom because Jesus was as much as he was full of love. He was full of power and he was full so of good. wisdom. It's so good. And, but the wisdom aspect of this is also that comes from wholeness and that starting point for wit for for and i know this can be misunderstood yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. i'm clear yeah. about, but the fear of the lord is beginning of wisdom Amen. all wisdom starts with the fear of the lord and that's what i realized when i seeing the love it's an impossible so people are saying does that give you an excuse to sin or does that give you a right to or it's totally the opposite wow because it's totally the opposite when there's sin in my life and instead of thinking that God is mad and upset with me, he turned away because he couldn't handle sin Mm -hmm. because we have a view of God that does not look like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Sinners was totally opposite to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So so when we're creating a theology that is not looking like Jesus, we need to put a question mark at it. Jesus was in the center, but he's the most holy person that has ever lived. Amen. And he he was full of grace and truth and he showed us exactly how the father was somebody that touched the sinners and the biggest accusation was that sinners and tax collectors the most unpopular people likes to hang around him that was the accusation and should love to hang around us if we have a balance of this tension that's going on but for me when i'm looking at his love i see his holiness and then i see who i am but also who i am not that's right. That's and I'm right. living a lifestyle of repentance. 
It's a metanoia. It changed the way I think. So it doesn't change anything. So I mentioned it is not what you do that makes you who you are. It is who you are that makes you do what you do. Yes, and I am righteous. I am pure. I'm whole. There's times I don't act like it, but that's not who I am. I repent. I get back again to my Father. And I constantly bring me back into that plumb line. Because Jesus is normal, and anything that is not Jesus is abnormal. That's why I need a Holy Spirit. That's why I wake up, because He is a Holy Spirit. He's not just a spirit, He's a Holy Spirit. And the dove rests upon not performance and achieving or going in either rebellion or religion prodigal son tendency or the brother tendency they're both far away there's another son in the story and he always lived from his father's house wow wow he's, li he's living from the father's presence wow and he's talking about two of his brothers not s lost people a prodigal son that's all the sin that where i say the grace becomes greasy and you can go yeah. as far away from love yeah yeah didn't say that he was not a son there's consequence from and then the other one is out there look what i'm doing and if i do then i have then i become the brother issues that's right that's right that's right it, it is coming back again into intimacy and the one you're beholding is the one you're becoming and the one you become is the one that you will start to release so for me it's just the one i'm spending this time with it's an impossibility for me including if i'm going up to my room now later on tonight and I'm going to be together with him when I'm with him I become the one that I am together with and then I start to realize this is not a fear based I, all of it's positionally it's already mine but when I spend time with him I don't want to do anything to bring disconnection I want to hear his voice to Amen. see his face to feel his love experiencing his presence and abide in his pleasure I don't like myself when the dove is not there and I have to live with pigeons pigeon religion is not very pretty for me so my marriage is good when there's holiness wholeness and holiness my children are good even my dogs likes me better the world <laughs> around me likes me better amen but that's not something that it is his seek first his kingdom and his righteousness not my kingdom and my righteousness and i'm not going to focusing on how i'm going to get clean to take a bath that's right that's right that's that's a whole different thing because again then i'm trying to add to the work that jesus did i'm constantly coming there with a gratitude and i'm going to share a little bit about it while i'm here in seattle but awesome. just these awesome. beautiful divine exchanges that took place on the cross he took my f and he gave me an a plus Amen. and the reason i can live with an a plus is because this divine exchange that's where you're getting overwhelmed and that's where grace comes in that doesn't mean i want to go and act like or live like i have an f then i've not got it Right. I've not got the message, the true message, because that's not good news. That's bad news. Yeah, that's the right. good news is he took my F and I have his A+. Plus. He took my messes. He took my shame and he gave me his glory. Yeah. He took my, so I, I'm not going to live with shame. The three things I'm coming against is guilt, shame, and fear. Those are the three major weapons the enemy is stopping people to find their destiny. And the biggest reason we don't see evangelism is shame. Wow, it's true. It's and true. because people go around with shame and the enemy is blackmailing people. Wow. Uh, and again, because what shame will do is focusing on who you are not instead That's right. of who you are. That's right. So wow. when people saying shame on you, I say, no, shame off you. Yeah, that's because right. Because Jesus took your shame. And I had just one person being a missionary. He's a millennial. He even left the country because of pornography addiction. Wow. Was in a closed country. And he came up to me and he said, I 
for years I was trying everything to get but I, I was addicted to pornography I was almost losing his marriage at a young age mm. but the big shift when my chair message he said I got the chair message and when I realized I've been trying to conquer the this chair from the chair message two. yeah <laughs> gotta said, no. love the chair <laughs> yeah. message so he said now I'm in chair number one he Come says on. because I realized when I started to think this way that's not who I am any longer because I'm pure wow. I'm holy I and he started and it started a process he renewed his mind out from the new furniture that's not that's who right. I am any longer and it was about 30 days that he went through the renewal of his mind of seeing himself from a channel but one then suddenly he realized that oh what's happening this cancer pornography is gone and I'm free because whom the son set free is free indeed free people sets people free Wow. transform people transform people that's but right. that transformation comes from being transformed by him that's right wow yeah then i can be a transformer <laughs> when whom the sun set free is free indeed and with the spirit of the lord is chair number one there is liberty there's freedom and that's where i find my freedom and when i'm free then i can help people to become free because i can't be blackmailed that's so good and, that's so good and if there's issue in my life i would say yes that's sin that's wrong that's not jesus but that's not who i am right I maybe did these things or said these things or didn't live up to the nature but that's not who i am that's right so i don't know if that answered the tension that we have yeah. between those two words. but for me it's uh yeah the more really i'm in good. love with him the more it's not the opposite and i tried the that's why i bought the other bought the ditches i tried <laughs> and uh but i think that there's a safe place where we can be amen I, i've never been in somebody when i love my wife the way i'm going to love her i'm not going to look for other lovers that's right you need to have a big enough yes if you're going to be able to say no wow and wow. jesus i have a big enough yes when i see what he has done and the price he paid my wife is a big enough yes yeah that's right my children are big enough yes and that's why i'm willing to leave everything and going into the middle east lay down my life and i do it again and again i have this one life to live and so much love to give it belongs to jesus so we're not talking about just jesus as a savior but him as my lord i belong to him now and he can do with my life whatever he wants to yeah. because i can trust him because he is so good even when I've had a broken neck and broken back and a body cast and tumor and many times about to die, including last year, several times. I'm still here, sitting here with a smile. I'm going to still take up that cross and I'm going to follow him every single day. I've seen this pearl that is so beautiful and valuable. Nothing else matter. I have seen Jesus. I fall in love with Jesus. That's a love thing. It's a passion thing, not the performance thing. When I realize how much he has forgiven me, I can forgive people. When I receive so much grace, I will be very graceful to people. And that's what's leading to mass repentance all over the Muslim world right now. Amen, amen, amen. I'm not going to pollute that message amen. because of fear and amen. bringing fear into it. Because perfect love always casts out fear. Amen. Anyway, it's it's so good it's awesome 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 all right hey uh for people that are listening you're going to want to uh go to the show notes and check out uh leif hetland go to his website now when they go there let's say that people are are watching or they're listening and they want to get started they want to get started they, they, they they're just hearing about you today and they uh 
and they're ready for an immersion into the love of the Father. And where would be a great starting point? What would be like a, a good I, first book? Or yeah, I think I mean just do something very simple. Go if they have YouTube. Just go on YouTube and start to listen to some other things. And, and the reason I'm saying that is just it's free. It's right there. And just go to YouTube and find some of the messages. Or okay, so go to YouTube and find your channel. We'll put your channel in, in the show notes. So yeah, start do, right on Leif, on, on Leif Hetland's YouTube channel. Yeah, and then there is some books there. If they need a baptism of love and have not had that, we have a book that can help. If they deal with that orphan heart and Baptism orphan of love. Yeah. Okay. So there's some tools available depending on where people are at in the journey. Or if they're facing a giant bigger than himself we have tools called giant slayers books some that in giant slayers so, yeah there's a phenomenal i'm using it myself right now i share with you in the yeah car. that's right uh, I, I struggled with sleep for four years and being on sleeping medication and everything else. i was like that's not okay that's not in heaven and so i started in the end of last year and just realizing that i'm naming all my giants and for every giant i have a name for god so uh, the holy spirit reminded me you wrote a book about this life the, anything bigger than yourself on the inside or on the outside if you face that and you know it is a giant if it is there when you go to bed and if it is there when you wake up in the morning you can feel it that could be fear anxiety or anything shame anything on the inside that you are dealing with or it can be giants in your family or in your business or in the world that you're facing but it's practical steps that you can use how you're going to conquer your giant i'm using it myself my own steps and it is working i've had three big giants and two smaller ones and i'm facing two big ones right now come and, on. and we're going after yeah but I've already, since i was intentional just a few months ago have seen these giants so uh the, the, even my cholesterol medication i'm not saying to anybody else that's yeah. one of those giants i have yeah. left yeah and i feel like i'm that's the last thing and i'm totally free from that and everything else is just uh, i want freedom in every area of my life because that's what whom the sunset free is free indeed. Yeah, amen, so. amen. So you're gonna go to the Leif Hetland's YouTube channel. You're gonna watch a couple of videos, but then you're gonna go over and get Baptism of Love, and then and then while you're there, purchase Giant Slayers because this is a year to take down the giants. This is a year yeah. to not tolerate. Uh, the things that have just been the norm, right? This is a year to truly over, to overcome, to yep. get free, to yep. live a life abundantly, to be whole, to be yep. whole in our body, to be whole in our mind, to be whole in our spirit. Hmm. Is this? It's time. It's it time. And that's what you're living. That's what you're modeling. And uh, so love you, uh, Leif Hetland. And thank you for not just coming to Seattle, but for coming here to Seattle Revival Center, for pouring into us and for loving us. And we, we love you so much. We love you and Jennifer, your ministry, what you're doing in the nations. It's it's just incredible. It's, it's unprecedented. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun this weekend. It's going to be good. I thank you. And just for everyone that is listening, just uh, uh, first of all, I just want you to know that I believe in you, but more important that God believes in you god believes in you then when i realized that how much he believes in us and then when i start to believe in me the way that god believes in me then it just changes everything amen amen thank you podcasts are definitely trending right now there are so many brand new podcasts that are hitting the market and i think that itunes is kind of overwhelmed and one of the ways that itunes aggregates what's hip and relevant from the rest of the noise that's hitting the web is through ratings and reviews a bunch of you have already taken the time to leave a rating and a review of this podcast and i just wanted to say thanks you guys are incredible and you're so supportive and i love you and if you haven't had a chance to take 
take that minute or two to leave a review. If you do that, that'd be incredible. And I've created a shortcut to get you there. It's thedarrenshow.com. That's thedarrenshow.com. You can give it one star, and that means that you think it's kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars, and that means that you think this thing be dope, be tight, be off the chain. So if you would take the minute or two to leave a review, that would be mighty fine of you. Again, it's thedarrenshow.com. Thanks, guys.